So you're ready to ask the biggest question of your life. The only question before that question. How do you find the perfect ring to ask it with? With the incredible selection of diamonds at Jared and our price match guarantee, you can dare to stop searching and find the perfect diamond at a price you'll love. Visit your local Jared store today and dare to be devoted. We promise to match any price on a like loose certified diamond of the same quality from any other jewelry retailer. See jared.com slash price match for details. Hello, and welcome to Everyday Connection with your hosts, Rico Shields and Jean Victoria Norlock. Bringing your inner life to your everyday life. Welcome, everybody, to this Tuesday edition of Everyday Connection. I'm Rico Shields, and I have here with me Jane Victoria Narlock. How are you, Jane? Hey, I'm good. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. good. Things are things are a little busy and weird around the edges. You know, it's Independence Day tomorrow here. And, um, but it yeah. was Canada Day on Sunday. Is that like Independence Day? Um, Sure. Uh, sort of, kind of? Sure. Yes. Well, it's yeah. a celebration of our of our birthday as a country. As a country. Yeah. Well, that's um, what that's what tomorrow is for us. Absolutely. So, yeah, it's 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 kind of the same. Yeah, so very similar anyway in the same week. And uh, uh I bring yeah, it up because is, How weird is that that it's it's so close together? <laughs> yeah. Well, and and right? and now here we are on on the 3rd doing a show that's going to be about independence. Sort of. Independence from plastic, maybe. I think so. Yeah, yeah. absolutely, um, absolutely. So in 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 between both our Independence Days, we are doing a show about independence because plastic's a big one. As I'm looking around, you know, I'm I'm looking. I don't know how she does it, and I'm fascinated by this woman's story, and I can't wait to to share it with people. Um, but I'm looking around our room, and if I do a quick count right now. Um, things within eyeshot, one, two, three, four, five. That's things that I can touch. Six. Yeah. Um, seven. Uh, that's just things within my immediate reach, like that I can actually reach out and touch without moving anywhere. Oh, I'd hate to even begin to think about it here because, you know, I, I don't really do my computer tech work anymore much, but, um, uh... But I have a gazillion parts around here. A lot of them are salvaged, so at least they're not new. But a lot of plastic in electronics. Yeah, it's right wonky. And I mean, we don't really, until you sit back and think about it and actually take a look around your house, your immediate environment, it doesn't really occur to you just how much plastic we go through because, we, you know, you don't realize you might, our TVs, our computers, our... Pretty much everything, um, everything we use on a day-to-day basis is plastic. So it's it's kind of crazy to consider. Um, yeah, wow. but what, <laughs> no, it just seems such. It seems so huge, but it it uh, and I'm sure it's tough because uh, I've seen. You know, we 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 do our traditional stuff, folks. I've I've done a little research on. Beth, not much, but I've 
look to, uh, to story and all that. And uh, whereas Jean doesn't much do that. She doesn't really know anything. Ah. Uh, well. Love the way you say that. About our guests. Yes. I, I didn't, that, some things come out different than I. Some. <laughs> Somebody has to come from the angle of our listeners who don't research our guests usually before a show. Um, so why not have somebody who's doing the questioning have no idea what's going on? Um, but yes, you know what? I, I did see her TED Talk. I did do a little research, and I gotta, I gotta say, I'm impressed. Like thoroughly, thoroughly impressed. Um, I I don't know that I would be able to do it, but. Well, it's just plastic's one of those things. It once we dig it up out of the ground because it's you know, almost all starts off being oil. Once we dig it up out of the ground, then we change it and make it into this plastic out of the oil, and um, and then it just sort of almost never goes away. Uh, may break down some into little tiny little pieces, but. Uh, <laughs> You know, many's a beach in the world now that part of that sand's actually little particles of plastic. Pick it up and look at it. So, plastics, you know, almost hazardous waste to me that should be handled. But unless, as a wise person once said, the the Earth decided that um, that she needed plastic. So that's and that why was the God, entire reason that God created that mankind. Why God created humans because the Earth wanted plastic. So right. watch out, folks. Because she's got her plastic now, so who knows what she's going to do to us? But That's you know what happens when you bring up George Carlin in the chat room. We love him through the whole thing. Yeah, we know that bit real well. Um, huge George fan in more ways than one. Yes, yes, love um, George. Absolutely. So should we inter- introduce our our genius? Yeah, plastic? the banter doesn't seem to be going anywhere except round and round the subject of plastic. So, so I, we might as well just bring her on and. Yes. So we have with us tonight, ladies and gentlemen, Beth. Terry, welcome, Beth. How are you? <laughs> Hi. I'm just sitting here listening to you and laughing and laughing. <laughs> so maybe your banter was going somewhere. Well, we <laughs> it made try. Me laugh. You know, we got to get everybody in a good mood before they're really ready for everyday connection. Yeah, I or, know the George the George Carlin bit that you're talking to. It's pretty funny. I bet you do. It is hilariously <laughs> funny. It's it's one of my favorite bits, actually. Yeah. Um, and I use it frequently. <laughs> I really do. Um, so, so just we'll start off with um, the first basic question, and then we'll we'll get going on your background and stuff. But who the hell are you, and what do you do? <laughs> you said I was going to laugh, and I am. <laughs> <laughs> um, my name is Beth Terry, and I, for the past five years, have been attempting to live without acquiring any new plastic or products packaged in plastic. Um, and I have a blog, myplasticfreelife.com, which I also started five years ago. And um, this year, or actually in June, I just released my very first book called Plastic Free, How I Kick the Plastic Habit and How You Can Too. And it's a labor, it was a labor of love. It, um, it was a compilation of everything that I've learned over the past three years trying to live without plastic in a really organized step-by-step sort of way. It's the guide that I wish had existed five years ago for me when I was first starting this. Is that See, what that, you want to know? Yeah, well, that's the key, right? Because I would not, like I said, I'm looking around my, my I doing, I do the show from my bedroom because we have uh-huh. small space and I don't feel like kicking people out of the room on show night. But um, 
I'm looking around my bedroom and I'm like, oh my goodness, like really? I never considered until I brought you on the show and started looking around at this room Mm -hmm. just how much plastic is just in this one room. And this is where we this is not even where we eat. Like, yeah. I don't even want to think about my refrigerator right now, especially because I, I just bought a bunch of juice today. And, oh, yeah, you know what? Most of it's in plastic jugs. <laughs> yeah. It's probably more important to think about your refrigerator than your bedroom, actually. Um, when I decided to to undertake this project, I did not commit to getting rid of every piece of plastic that I had in my house. Um, I think that that's a terrible waste and would be worse for the environment to to send all that stuff to the landfill. So I I still have all the plastic electronics and and durable goods, synthetic clothing and things like that that I had when I first started. Um, but I didn't want to acquire any new plastic. So, and I also didn't. One, once I learned about the chemicals in plastics and how they can leach out into what we're eating and drinking, I decided I didn't want to eat out, out of plastic anymore either. So, plastic foodware was the one durable thing that I actually gave to the goodwill and replaced. But um, everything else, I still have. So you you were talking in the beginning about looking around and counting things within reach. I can count things too. You know, I'm I have a computer and I have a headset on my head right now. Um, although I didn't have this headset a week ago when I knew I was going to be doing Skype interviews, I found one secondhand through Craigslist because um, my my goal is to not. Is, is to use the things that already exist in this world and not create a necessity for new plastic to be produced. And there are so many things that already exist that we could be using, but we throw so much of it away. We are indeed um, a throwaway generation, and it's it's insane to think. Um, I mean, even if you go to your gro- local grocery store, mm-hmm. I think about every single product on the shelf that is designed to make it easier to toss it away and get new stuff. Mhm. Um yeah. and it's it, it's insane. It it doesn't make sense. <laughs> but I remember growing yeah. up and my mother trying to teach me um my mother and my grandmother especially trying to teach me the concept of recycle reuse mm-hmm. and um I didn't really get it until I started doing this work full time. I didn't get the value of what she was trying to teach me at a young age. I thought she was just being cheap. But it, yeah. it wasn't at all her being cheap. It was her being, it was both of them being very conscious about the footprint they were leaving behind. Right. You know, people ask me all the time, doesn't this cost more money um, living in this way? Because, and some things do. For example, um, one thing that I do to avoid milk in a plastic jug is to buy milk that comes in a returnable glass bottle, which is available to some people in in some places. And that milk generally does cost more than milk in a in a plastic jug. But you know what? I save so much money in other ways by not buying a lot of new stuff, trying to make things last, trying to fix things when they break instead of replacing them or looking for things secondhand. And so I've shifted my spending so that I'm paying more for things that are 
really important, like good, healthy food and not eating or drinking out of plastic, but I'm spending a lot less on everything else. Now, I'm I'm curious because, well, I, I watched your TED Talk, but um, for the sake of our, our listeners and anybody who's going to come across the show, mm-hmm. how did this all start? Like, what? What the hell possessed you, woman, to decide to do this? You know, like I mean, come on, that's insane. It's insane in today's society to do something like this. Um, it's super cool, and I love you for it. Don't get me wrong, but you're nuts, girl. Why? <laughs> that's probably true. Um, well, what happened was five, five years ago. I I didn't start out this way. Um, I didn't come from a family of environmentalists, and I didn't grow up in a particularly environmentally aware part of the country. I grew up in a suburb in Maryland, and now now I live in Oakland, California, so I have been exposed to a lot of environmental information. But still, even though I gave money to environmental groups and saw a lot of environmental documentaries, um, it wasn't really translating into personal actions until one night when I was sitting alone at my computer and I stumbled across an article about the plastic pollution problem in the ocean, which I think more and more people have heard about at this point. There are gyres in the world's oceans that are accumulating all this plastic. But at that time, five years ago, this was completely new to me. I'd never heard anything about it. And what completely shocked me was a photo I saw of a dead albatross chick on Midway Island, which is halfway between the United States and Japan. And this chick, the flesh was worn away, and all you could see through the bones was plastic. The body was completely full of plastic bottle caps and everyday plastic pieces like I was using myself. And this plastic didn't come from the middle of the Pacific Ocean, obviously. This plastic came from us. And I learned as I read this article that the plastic, any, and we're all upstream, you know, we're all above the ocean. And so this plastic gets washed away through our waterways and makes its way to the ocean. And I learned that on this particular island, it is strewn with similar carcasses of baby albatrosses that have died from eating plastic because the mama birds fly out across the ocean and they are looking for food to bring back to feed their chicks, and they're picking up plastic instead. And it just absolutely broke my heart. And I don't know why that particular story had such an impact on me, but then and there I decided to try to see if I could stop acquiring any new plastic. I just wanted to see what it would be like if it was possible. Well, I know why why that story, I know why that, uh, Rick showed me that. And I don't know to this day if I'll ever quite forgive him for what he did to me the day he showed me the the um, plastic island in the middle of the ocean. Yeah. But I broke down and bawled for yeah. a very long time. It yeah. to me it was devastating. I was just okay. We have. What can we do? We came up with making a movie um, about environmental solutions to get away from that that energy of the problem, but. I can I can see how that would have such a massive impact because it had such a massive impact on me. And granted, I can be a little on the sensitive side, um, but particularly when it comes to Mother Earth. When it comes to Mother Earth, yeah. absolutely. Um, but I mean, you you've you've dedicated so much time, so much energy, so much research. Um, yeah. You truly are a gift, and I, I'm 
you know, to the world, really, because you're you're helping to educate people that this is possible. And even if they don't go to the extremes that you've gone to, they can still do right. something. You know what I mean? Yeah. So how did you get started? I mean, it it must have been, you've mentioned it was a growth process because you'd kind of stumble your way through that mm-hmm. at first, I imagine. Yeah. So, so w- the way I got started was, first of all, I wanted to see what my personal plastic footprint was to begin with because I had no idea. So I got a a paper bag and put it under the kitchen table and just started collecting all the plastic waste that I generated each week, the wrappers and containers. Um, And as I would use something up, I didn't get rid of all the plastic wrapped food in my house. I I went ahead and, and, and ate it. But as I would use something up, I would try to find an alternative that didn't come wrapped in plastic or try to figure out a way around it. And I created the blog. Well, first I created a spreadsheet because I'm actually an accountant for a living. And I, I mean, I, that's still my, my regular job. Um, so I made a spreadsheet and I started tally or, you know, kept making a list and tallying up um, all the different plastic items that I was collecting. And then I made a blog so that I could share what I was learning with other people. And also I thought that if other people were looking at it, then they would be sort of holding me accountable. And it it has grown just into this um, huge community. It, it's just amazing. But in the beginning... Um, I went step by step, and my first step was just to stop taking plastic grocery bags at the store and to always have a reusable bag with me. And um, the few times that I didn't have a reusable bag with me, I didn't let myself off the hook because I knew if I did, I wouldn't develop a habit. So I would either carry things out in my hands, or one time my husband and I were on vacation, and we didn't we forgot our reusable bags and we actually ended up carrying things out in our shirts. <laughs> okay, so now this is an important this is an important element that we're going to bring into it and I'm going to interrupt mm-hmm. you. You said husband. Yeah. <laughs> which means you have at least one member in your family who has to if not jump on board with you at least come from a place of understanding as to why mm-hmm. you're doing this and mm-hmm. support yeah. your decision to make these changes because you can't do this kind of stuff unless you have the support of the people in your house. Right. I know because I've switched the people in my house <laughs> <laughs> so that I do have the support. Um, yeah, it's a funny joke, but it's true. <laughs> um, so how did, how, like I said, I guess I'm kind of interrupting, but how did that come about? You know, what, how yeah. how is he integrated into this new lifestyle. Well, I'm really lucky because I wasn't going to switch the people in my house. <laughs> um, early from the very beginning, I told him this was what I was going to do, and he, I didn't expect him to do it. This was my project and my commitment, and I didn't. I haven't nagged him. I haven't um, had any expectations because I knew based on who he is and who I am and our dynamic and just, you know, humans in general, um, I knew that if I if I nagged him or tried to guilt trip him into doing it, he would just do the opposite, you know. He'd probably even buy more plastic. So I didn't. And slowly he um, came around and he could see the, 
the benefit of it and um, has been very supportive. And he doesn't, um, he hasn't given up plastic to the same extent that I have, you know, but most people haven't. But he has significantly reduced his plastic waste. And he actually sort of privately has been collecting his own plastic wrappers just for his own information. He doesn't have a blog. He doesn't share it with anybody. Um, and he's done other things like um, setting up the recycling at his law firm where he works and encouraging them to give up their bottled water contract, which they did. Um, and he's just, he he was such a big help for me when I was writing my book too. And he's the one, we, we make, the other two beings that are members of this household are two little rascally kitty cats. And I discovered that we could make our own homemade food for them and avoid a lot of packaging and, and also the questionable ingredients that are in pet food. And he goes to the butcher shop every week or two with a big stainless steel bucket, and he buys the meat for our cats without plastic. That's awesome. That's it. Make sure you tell him how awesome I think he is. That's I will. Awesome on, that's awesome on both ends. That's very awesome on his part. But I love your approach. Yeah, absolutely. I, I'm not going to nag him. I'm not going to. I'm just going to do this. I'm just do yeah, this uh-huh. for me, and then he can observe the benefits and make his own choice. And when your life people will do that, they tend to make good choices. It's when you push them around that they don't. I think that push me around. I go. My brain goes nuts, and I do yeah. radical, strange things that I would not normally do. You know. Me too. I hate being told what to do. I think most of us do. You know. Absolutely, but if if you can just be your truth, mm-hmm. like like you're like you're explaining that you've done, just just mm-hmm. be your truth, and those around you, like I like to always say, if you learn something, by default, it's not my fault. <laughs> I love that. I'm just doing. Um, I'm not and- saying that. I'm not saying that it's always. Um, apple pie or whatever you want to call it here. Um, I did a little interview with him for my blog one time to find out really um, what he thought. And um, do you know the character Ned Flanders from The Simpsons? Yeah, I know him well. He told me sometimes I'm a little like what Ned Flanders did. (laughs) 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 So... Then I thought, hmm, well, I have to do something about that. <laughs> That's not what? so great. The, the beauty of The Simpsons, though, is, and I, as much as it's a crazy cartoon that, you know, people are, I've heard a lot of people screaming about, ah, the morality and the ethics. and the, But each character, there's there's a little bit of each character in all of us, I think. And, and they've yeah. put it right there in your face, yeah. you know? Like they've taken those little bits of individual personalities and they've they've just amped them up. But there's a little bit of net in all of us. I think when it, when it comes to things that we're really truly passionate about in life. Yeah, I think that's true. And he said it lovingly. <laughs> of course, but it is. There's we talk here often about you know by by just living your truth and not really putting it in anybody's face. You provide an alternative that some people might not even know existed. And so even if somebody doesn't radically go quite as far, perhaps, like you said, he hasn't gone quite Mm -hmm. as far as you have, if they think about their plastic purchases, Mm -hmm. then to me that's that's huge because 
you know, durable goods, you got your computers, things like that. That's just how they are. Nobody makes a computer in bamboo. Right. If they do, it's bamboo glued on top of plastic. So Right, exactly. Um, it's bamboo to look nice and environmentally friendly. But, but, but if you make the the decision that you're going to be conscious about it mm-hmm. and, okay, I'm going to use this for years and then I can give it to, you know, an organization and, mm-hmm. uh, instead of throwing it in the landfill. And um, uh, I think that's awesome. Yeah. And that's that's really my goal. Um, and as I think I said in the TEDx talk, um, I don't expect that everyone who reads my book or reads my blog is going to want to be as plastic-free as I am. But I want to use myself as an example to show what's possible. And hopefully people encourage people, like you said, to think and just be mindful of the choices that they're making. And you know what? Just to even know that they have choices, because a lot of us are just on autopilot buying what's offered to us at the grocery store because that's what's there. And we don't even realize or think that there's another way or there are other options. And so my book is just so full of alternatives and solutions and things that people can try. It's it's very true. I went, um, I don't know if I, I, I think it was the day I had just watched a video and I went to the grocery store and I got my typical fruits and vegetables and I didn't put them in little plastic bags. I just put oh, them in the awesome. basket. Yeah. And the looks I got. <laughs> really? Yeah, people were like looking at me like I had 10 heads, you know. And like, What's I the matter thought, with her? Doesn't she know we have plastic bags for that? Yeah, to keep your fruit clean. And it's like, but you're going to take your fruit home and you're going to wash it anyway. So why are you putting it in the plastic bag to keep it clean so that you can put it in another bag to carry it home? And I, what do you th- and what do you think it was exposed to before it got to the store? And how many hands do you think have already touched it? Exactly. I mean, it's so just a little silly. What's that plastic bag going to do? And then yeah. and then when you get it home, you never leave it in the plastic bag once you get it home because you can't put fruit in plastic bags in the fridge and yeah. have it keep well because right. it doesn't. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And it, but it was the looks that, that got my attention. You and know? Those, are, those are the items I have started with on this plastic reduction thing mm-hmm. are the ones that, like that, a produce bag that mm-hmm. you're going to have for 30 minutes, maybe an hour, depends on mm-hmm. how far you live from the grocery store. Yeah. And, you know, it, it's one thing, you know, I, I've got, of course, I'm a, I used to be a computer tech, so I fix things. But, but I've got computer electronics pieces that are in plastic, but that they're 10, 12 years old. So mm-hmm. that's, that's not as bad as a 30-minute-old plastic bag that you throw straight in the trash. Right. I mean, you like pick it up knowing you're not going to keep it. <laughs> right. So that's that's the important thing too is to prioritize, you know. And the plastic bags and plastic bottles and plastic basically plastic food wrappers, things that are consumables, those are the things that I for me it's important to focus on because um that's generating the most waste. And as I was collect as I've been collecting my plastic over the years, um generally the bulk of it is food packaging or anything you know from the grocery store yeah because it's it, 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 there's cases where there's if you want it that's the only way you're going to get it is in plastic so how yeah, did you get so, how did you get around that well so i 
have several strategies. So one that we've already talked about is um, the produce. You know, let me just back up a little bit though. When I first started this, I was pretty much addicted to frozen microwavable meals, and that's what I lived on. That and energy bars, and. I kind of knew that you weren't supposed to microwave in plastic, but for some reason that didn't have much impact on me. I was doing it anyway. And so when I decided to start this, I searched every freezer case in every store, and I must have bought 100 different brands of microwavable meals from the the conventional ones to the organic ones. And I thought I was doing better when I would get things in cardboard cartons instead of plastic trays, and then I found out that the cardboard itself is lined with plastic because it can't, it's not leak-proof without plastic. So eventually I had to realize that I was going to have to cook and I was going to have to eat whole foods from now on, and that was a really good decision for me, not just because of the plastic, but obviously I'm eating a lot better. And so to buy food that's not produce um, I shop stores that have bulk bins where I can bring my own bags or bring my own containers and fill them up. So stores like Whole Foods, um, I'm not sure what is available in Canada. I think you have something called the Bulk Barn maybe? We do have the Bulk Barn, and the Bulk Barn has um, lots of plastic bags available for your use. Um, yeah. But, but you can, as far as I know, you can bring in your own containers. Mm-hmm. So if you can, as long as they allow you to bring in your own container, and it's always important to ask, and if they say no, then to press them further and say why. I, You know, I'm trying to save the plastic. Um, so I can get cereal, beans, nuts, seeds, uh, grains, you know, like rice, couscous, things like that, flour, dried fruit, all kinds of foods like that, Um from the bulk bins. And then I even have a couple of places out here where I can get pasta that's not wrapped up in anything. And in my book, I give little questionnaires and charts and things for people to keep track of the alternatives they find because not everybody is going to have the same resources that I do. Different things exist in different countries and different states. But Everybody can find some ways to reduce their plastic, and sometimes it just takes a little bit of research, you know. Um, I think a lot of times people are maybe afraid to use bulk bins for the first time because they've never done it before. So just trying with one item or two items and seeing how it goes. Um, And if you haven't ever used a a bulk uh, store with bulk bins before, what you want to do if you're going to use your own container is to ask how it works and ask how you can get your container weighed so that they're not including the weight of the container with the weight of the rest of the food so you're not paying for that. And most stores will have a way to do that. Yes, that would be important because... Particularly if you brought in a glass jar, that would be vitally important. Right. (laughs) That's going to be heavy. Right. Exactly. Um, but Whole Foods out here, for example, you take your container to the customer service desk and they weigh it for you and they put a little sticker on there with the weight. And so then when you purchase whatever you're buying and take it through the checkout line, the cashier can deduct the weight of the container. I think it's really cool that stores have begun to accommodate things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, the bulk burn to begin is a really good idea. Uh, and, you know, it's fantastic that they've been doing 
doing that for so long because they've been around for a while, but to have them accommodate and weigh your container for you and know that some people are going to want to do that. I mean, that, that just shows that they're, they're very conscious about current needs. Yeah. And, you know, this is not really new because I remember, um, I think maybe 20 years ago when I first moved to the San Francisco Bay area, I knew friends. I had I knew people who used to do it, who used to go to some co-ops, co-op grocery stores and bring their own containers. Um I never did it, but but I I knew that it was possible. And it's and it's probably been going on for a lot longer than that. Well, I honestly think that our love affair with plastic is rather new. I mean, Oh, definitely. When when we think of the way that our parents used to buy stuff, um and and especially our grandparents. I mean, bulk I mean, binning I'm, it was how they did everything back really, in the day. I'm really old as the hills, but when I was a kid, even soda came in glass bottles that you had to take back to the store or you lost money. Yeah, you know, I so even remember Everybody that. returned their bottles because, you know, I remember I didn't put a bottle away in the return thing at the house one time. My mother lost her mind. <laughs> My big thing is... Headed Irish lady, you know, ten cents to her was a fortune. The candy, I remember. Yeah. You know, I mean, candy was bulk. Yeah. Everything, you know, you you had a little scoop and you took out what you wanted and you took that home with you. Um, and I know that we still sell that like that in stores, but mm-hmm. we also have these prepackaged, you know. Yeah. Containers with with assortments of candy in them as well, and we didn't have. There wasn't a lot of that even when I was a kid. You know, right. I'm not nearly as old as Rick. So. <laughs> yeah, um, she never had to ride her dinosaur to school uphill. No, both ways. no I never. How, did. how old? How old are you guys? Ah, uh, well, actually, Jean has a birthday coming up Thursday. I'm going to be 37. In and I'm 49. Uh, Oh, see, I'm closer. <laughs> I'm I'm 47. Yeah, so, uh, we yeah. do a lot of shows with, or have done shows with teenagers, and and I just never get over <laughs> how old I am when we talk to them. So now you don't feel so old, right? Oh, I. It's just a number. I can't even hardly <laughs> remember last week. I certainly can't remember 49 years. He's a big kid. I just like to bug him because I can. I think if it actually bothered him. Uh-huh. I would never say a word, but since he just doesn't give a shit, to be honest, it's, you know, <laughs> fun to bring up how ancient he is. Love you, dear, but I just don't give a darn. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it's it's quick quick break time. Quick break and time? Quick break time, and then when we come back, um, I want to talk a little more about the progression and mm-hmm. how she went from deciding not to eat frozen foods to um, the extremes. And I want to talk about the you, you weighed in how much plastic you used because you kept your plastic for a long time. So I want to, I want to talk about the progression of that as well mm-hmm. when we get back. Okay. Awesome. Excellent. So that's my cue. I have to do something That's now. your cue. He has oh, to do something. He has to play station a... Station break. Station break in a song. Yeah, station break and Jordan's bottled up. I gotta get something else paired with the station break. Not that we don't love Jordan, but he's got lots more songs besides that one. <laughs> he does. Yes, he does. 
Okay, well, let me find the button. That's not the right Hello. button. Hello. <laughs> Hello. All right, Rick. Having... Yeah, okay. All right, folks, we'll be back in about nope. uh, five minutes. Stay with us. And now a word from our sponsors. All things are ruled and shaped by patterns. Every moment is filled with symbolism and synchronicity. Understanding the symbols that shape our lives can provide us with guidance and a greater sense of freedom as we gain the ability to navigate the subconscious. Mama Webb draws on 16 years of research into world mythology, theology, symbols, tarot, archetypes, and natural healing, combining that knowledge with intuition, personal experiences, and witnessing journeying, supporting over 700-plus clients on their paths to peace. Mama Webb is able to provide unique insight into the forces that guide our lives and shape our worldviews. You can find Mama at mamaweb.com or call 1-855-WEBB-CAT. The life of a creator can be challenging without the support of a loving family. When your inner child calls, will you have the courage to answer? If you're looking for a safe place to play in the artistic energy of life, a place where you can be embraced for all the beauty that you naturally hold within, then the inner child family is the perfect place for you. A safe haven for artists, poets, and musicians, this uniquely accepting group of individuals is waiting to welcome you with open arms. Be it support that you seek, publishing assistance, or just a fun, friendly place to hang your virtual hat, you've found a second home in inner child. Go home to IamInnerChild.com. Are you looking for answers, clarity, and relief? Are you seeking resolution to the issues in your life that are leaving you feeling confused, upset, and out of control? Are you experiencing the same situation over and over again? Are you ready to move forward and let go of what no longer works? Or is your mission to bridge the gap between human and animal, allowing for the relationship between you and your companion to deepen and flourish? With the help of the gentle guiding hand of Akashic visionary and animal communicator Inez Martin, you can find the answers that you are looking for. Open your heart to the possibilities by visiting Inez at VisionaryLifeConsultant.com. And now for some irregularly scheduled music. Her to read. 
Back everybody. That was our buddy uh, Jordan Okram, who you hey, will what? find at the Berkeley School of Music. I mean, we'll find it. Well, it's at the Berkeley School of Music, but you can also find him at Jordan Okrend, O-K-R-E-N-D, dot com. Mm-hmm. Yes, you can. And I'm going to toot my own horn just for a second, but only because I want to. I want to give a shout out. Um, so, Crazy Janet <laughs> at Inner Child. Um, I've been nominated for Mom of the Year for the Walmart Mother of the Year competition, which would mean um, not so much excitement with regards to the cash prize that I would get, because it's 10000 which is cool, um, but it would also mean that I could send 100000 to my, my angels in the Philippines, and that, that alone that. would make my year my my make your decade. life i think it would make my lifetime really to be able to to be able to send that to them and just you know be able to support them in that way um but the reason i'm mentioning it is cuz i just want to give a, a shout out to the people who have stopped by the site and um and and shown me the love and left me love notes and messages um truly touching uh what i'm reading and i i appreciate the love and the support and um yeah, very cool. So thank you guys for that because that kind of you know it's nice nice to drop by that site and see see such support from our Oops. listeners, our friends, and our fans. Pardon? Which one? Um, Leslie Ward left me an absolutely stunning um, comment. I, that one just really sunk in, and you know. Um, uh, which website? Oh, which site? Okay, well I guess I could. You have so many. Link. And, Madam of oh. the Media. Uh, <laughs> funny boy, you're such a commie. Ah, I lost it. I don't know. I'll, I'll I'll put it in the chat room. Okay. And Rick can leave it up on our 
you know, he can put it up later on the thing when I give it to him. The link to my page on the mom competition, and and certainly if ah uh, uh, yeah the mom competition yeah the mom competition I thought um, you were talking about the kids website no 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 they you can actually go to the contest page and leave a leave a message and pass it through um, Facebook and and leave a message for me and it shows up on the site I'm putting the the link into the chat room now um, and certainly. You know, I'm I'm not the only amazing mom out there. So if you know a mom who's made a difference in your life, this is a great opportunity to be able to nominate her for this, you know, spectacular this is, honor. This is, of course, Walmart of Canada. I don't know if they're doing this in the U.S. Yeah, that's true. It is. Because you guys are just cool up there. Actually, cold sometimes, but I'd like to point out though that Ellen, because I watch her as religiously as possible, um, Ellen is is supporting this competition and is mentioning it every single show. So um, it is being supported by some of the bigger names in the states as well. Uh, so I don't I don't know if they're going to do a sister competition as well, but um, yeah, who knows? I would check it out. That's right. Please do check it out at mom ID number one two six three four. <laughs> You're a number. Oh, um, <laughs> ha! But there it is, and for for commenting and yeah. voting and supporting and. I just wanted to. Well, they, it's no voting because they do a board, but I just wanted to be able to say thank you to the people who have already stopped by and commented and passed it on and and shown love. I just wanted to say thanks for that because it's touching to see that. Yes. Yes. Okay. We can talk about plastic now. Oh. Okay. <laughs> Are you having fun? Me? Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Good. You Mission did accomplished. Oh, yeah. Okay. You guys are very entertaining. Well, we try. <laughs> Everyday connections are just not possible without a sense of humor. Because um, I, otherwise I you'll blow up. Agree with that 100. percent You know, somebody at a, I was giving a presentation the other night, and a woman in the audience said something like she was looking for a cause to place her rage in. She had all this rage, and she needed to direct it. And I said, honestly, I don't feel that much rage. I mean. I feel sad. I feel deep, profound sadness. And sometimes I get irritated and sometimes I do get angry. But what motivates me the most is not rage, but just love and creativity and passion for the planet. You know, I feel that that for me is a much bigger motivator than anger. Because when I get angry, I'm not very effective. And that might not be true for everybody. I don't want to make a generalization. But it's definitely uh, true for me. I'm sure there are uh, uh, some people that can that that's their coping mechanism for feelings like that is to put it behind something. But mm-hmm. um, I think that I anger think is it's a good not first only a, step. Yeah, it can be a good first step if to, somebody to feels totally powerless. You know, anger is an improvement. And, yeah, um, that's true. An improvement for powerlessness, but it. Mm-hmm. You, always you end up going beyond that because anger usually nudges you to 
to action. And action usually involves education. And once you become educated around some of the issues of our world right now, you see that there's a lot of solutions available. Yeah. And then the anger begins to melt away and you start to begin to feel hope. And yeah. once you get hope going on, then that's when that passion ignites. And, and then you feel off like you, you go. A difference and off you go. And, and next thing you know, you're changing the world. So, But we um, would agree that that's not a good long-term motivator for anything. Yeah, no. That's, that's where some people get, you know, they get told, well, you can't be angry. And so they go back to being depressed and powerless. Yeah, and, and that's just not... just kind of waffle right. back and forth. Right. Uh, like a politician. And, right. And, and, uh, and that's not healthy. So the anger can be a great step. Uh, yeah. That's true. I'm if you can use it as a launching pad. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's launched like, many a environmental movement. That's to be sure. And uh, it's just when when I think that when movements get stuck there, um, there I think they are less effective because when you um, confront other people from a sense of anger or from a sense of I'm right and you're wrong, I don't think that change that happens is sustainable. You know, you don't get buy-in from people. You don't. You might be able to get some laws passed to force people to change, but isn't it better when people change of their own accord? Absolutely. Right. Which I mean, is I the think both thing we necessary. were talking about offering the alternative earlier. That yeah. You know, like you did with your husband, you didn't you didn't beat him around the head and shoulders verbally or otherwise. To, as much fun as that might be. Yeah. Well, sometimes. I say that for other topics. But. Um, uh, <laughs> It's the it's the perfect way to do it with other people as well. And uh, uh, you know, there are so many people. There are so many people in this world who recognize the problems that we've created for ourselves with plastic and want to do something about it and just don't know how. There are so many people that are already there and just want to know what steps they can take that I don't feel any need for myself personally to try to convince people that that just don't want to hear about it or think right that I'm flat out wrong because I I can I can take the same amount of energy and direct it towards people who are ready and who want to go there and who want to make changes and have such a greater impact. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you and you talk about very many people. I I would imagine that you've had quite a community grow up around yourself standing on the Cliff like a lighthouse offering this <laughs> alternative. Well, it's true. That's kind of well, what you do. You just be there, and and and. But I would have bet you've got quite a community grab, you know, around you. And I and I'm not the first. I mean, I have to give deep respect and credit to Colin Bevan, who is the founder of the No Impact Man Project, and um, has a book by the same name, No Impact Man, and a movie also about his family. And he was attempting to live for one year without creating any negative impact on the planet. And he enlisted his wife somehow to, to join in the same project and his, and his little daughter. And he was such an inspiration to me. The reason that I initially stumbled onto the article about the plastic in the ocean was because I heard an interview with him on the radio and it was interesting. And so I was visiting his website and from there I was following links and found the article about the plastic pollution problem. And so there, I'm just, you know, one 
link in a chain that's been going for a long time and will continue. And there are people who um, have been inspired by my website and have made their own websites and are trying their own plastic-free projects. So it's, um, I, I just feel like part of a community, and I'm just doing my part, the things that I'm good at and using the talents that I have to contribute to this movement. And that's awesome that you're not... Um there's there's absolutely no ego involved with what you're doing. I mean, you're just you're just doing. And that's why we do this show is is to bring normal everyday people on who are making a difference simply by standing on their truth. Mm. And and it's amazing to me still after a year of doing this and I continue to hope that it will always be amazing to me to see how many people out there are actually doing something. Um, Amazing somethings. Yeah, amazing somethings all over the world. And they're really making a difference. And and so I I have very little fear with regards to our our future. Uh, A whole lot of excitement Mm -hmm. to see where we're going to go with this because there's a whole lot of people out there who care. Um, But no fear. I, I, I don't see... I don't see any darkness in our future. I just see a whole lot of people that that are doing what they can to make a difference. Wow. I need to Mm -hmm. inject some of that. (laughs) I need to borrow some of that because I do get scared sometimes. Um, Sometimes the situation can seem overwhelming. Um, You know, when I'm in the little cocoon, the little bubble of my world, my house, my online community, and the community of people who invite me to come and talk to them, um, it's one thing, but then when I leave the house and I start collecting plastic trash from the sidewalk as I walk down the street and go to the store and see all the people taking plastic bags, sometimes I do get frustrated and I think, what's going on? What are you people doing? And um, and that's when I have to step back and, and just take it, you know, as I as I advise everybody else, just one step at a time, just one step at a time and breathe and get out in nature because that's what I'm doing this for in the first place. Absolutely, absolutely, and I, you know, certainly I do see, I do see things when I go out into the public that you know kind of make me go, hmm. But <laughs> I've, I've really spent a lot of time focusing on paying attention to all the people around the world who are doing something, little yeah. somethings, big something. So I spend so much time seeking out those people mm-hmm. that I've gotten out of a space for the most part I'm not going to say I never get angry because I get angry just like everybody else but I generally don't get angry anymore it's more of a you know I I, my goal is to be Spock to kind of arch my eyebrow and go fascinating um because (laughs) because because it really is the fascinating bit because Spock is kind of zen when you think about it isn't he he is so zen (laughs) you know that's that's who I want to be when I grow up. Um, <laughs> he's, he's he's got enough um, in him to to care. Yeah. Obviously, he cares, but you know he just doesn't let it get to him, and that's that's what I'm kind of hoping that I can I can attain in the end is that I can look at the world and go, hmm, you odd people, why are you doing that? Uh, rather than get mad, you know. And I think that that I think that 
takes us a little further. If you can get to that point, then like you said, because you don't push against people. You know what I mean? And that's a good thing to, to share with people is that it doesn't benefit anybody when you push against the stuff mm-hmm. not, that's not working. Because mm-hmm. then they back. push against you. and push back with the same amount of force. Exactly. Everybody digs in their heels and nothing happens. Yeah, absolutely. It's a big tug of war. I mean, who's right? Who's wrong? Well, I don't know. Maybe, maybe you know, God did create humans because the Earth wants plastic. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. So I, I, you know, I do what I feel is right for me, and then um, I, I hope it's the right thing for for the rest of the world too. But I, I don't know. At the end of the day, I only know what I can do, what right. I can contribute. That's right, and you know. There have been quite a few articles recently um, by people, uh, environmental articles, talking about how personal lifestyle changes are not only unnecessary, but actually a wrong way to put our energy because um, they don't make a difference. And the only thing that makes a difference is change on a systemic level, you know, legislation, um, bigger, bigger changes. And, those kinds of changes are absolutely necessary. I mean, we absolutely do need our leaders to get up and and regulate some of this stuff because we have terrible, uh, in the United States anyway, we have terrible toxic chemical legislation. The chemicals just really aren't regulated. Um, And and there's a lot that needs to change. But, in fact, the, the chapter, the last chapter of my book is called Nine Reasons Why Personal Changes Matter because... To me, our personal actions might not be enough to 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 make the huge changes that we want to see, but our personal actions are essential to get us there for lots of different reasons. Um, and and one of those things is just that when we know that what we're doing is causing harm to other beings on this planet, then it's up to us to change to live in a in a um oh what's the word that I'm looking for there's a perfect word and it's not coming to me right now Eth- um not ethical and in, in, with integrity we, to integrity. Live. we call it alignment yeah getting We're connected your, your beliefs right. and, yeah everyday connection we it, right. getting your beliefs your emotions your get it all and going in the same way right and so that that's definitely one reason, because the truth is that none of us knows what's going to happen in the future, and we don't know if um, we as humans are going to destroy the environment for all life on this planet. It's possible we could or not, and we don't know if the actions that we're having right now, that we're making, the choices that we're making, are going to create the huge changes that we want to see. We just don't know, but still... We have to live with integrity every single day because if we don't, then we just give up and then, you know, the world will go downhill. Absolutely. And I think it it creates a a level of curiosity Um, when people see this, these kinds of actions being undertaken by normal everyday people, um, they get curious. You know, and they start asking, why do you do that? Why do you live that way? Why are you... Seriously, folks, walk down the street of any major city and start picking up garbage. Mm -hmm. Just 
if nothing else, for shits and giggles, take the camera <laughs> with you. I'm, I'm, well, I'm and, not, and, yeah. and, and particularly funny, dressed in I'm really not, nice clothes, you know. Um, yeah, dress like you'd be going out to a, a fancy dinner and then walk down the street and pick up garbage. And mm-hmm. if you've got somebody with a camera, have them follow you and just see the kind of reaction that you get. Um, but out of the 10 people that are going to stare at you like you have 10 heads, um, there might be one who's going to go, hmm. And right. that one is all it takes to affect. And then when there's more. more and more over time, it's I think we've all experienced you you, you might not be feeling that great. You, you, you're not feeling horrible, but you're just not feeling that great. And you arrive at a gathering, a get-together, whatever, and, and you walk into a room full of people that are happy and laughing and having a good time. You either start being happy and laughing or it's like itching powder and you leave and go somewhere else. And and things like this that are love-based joy and expression and alignment tend to bring people up. Uh, And so it's a... uh, The personal change is... Well, it is big enough. It, you know, we have yeah. saying most of my life how you eat an elephant. One bite what's, at a what's time. The, what's the saying? Well, the question is, how do you eat an elephant? Oh, right. One bite, One at, bite at a time. time. Mm-hmm. And and then, the, of course, the, the Zen statement of, you know, the ma- a mountain is moved at first by picking up a small rock and putting it in your pocket. Mm-hmm. It's, you know... Mm-hmm. Uh, and, yeah. and so it is. It's actually, I think, in many ways, more huge than some great big, you know, movement of particularly some angry movement that, you know, ah, you plastic people. Right. <laughs> Gonna get you. Right. And um, I applaud cities that have done uh, plastic mm-hmm. bag bans, you know, plastic grocery bag bans. Yeah. Um uh, because at least, it, even if people are getting disposable paper bags, uh, in, in communities that have got their act together, that stuff's getting... Uh, the plastic's just so hard to recycle and do anything with. Yeah, it is. Um, I mean, some not... of it's better than others, but it, a lot of times it isn't worth it. It's easier and cheaper on the company to buy more oil and make more plastic. Yeah, that's that's one truth that I that was surprising to me when I was um as I've been learning more and more about plastic is that for a lot of companies actually to make products out of virgin resin is cheaper than to make it out of recycled plastic, which is too bad. And also, a lot of people don't realize that this I have a chapter in my book called um why can't we just recycle it all? Because whenever I bring up the to- the topic of plastic with people who um, haven't been studying it, usually the first response is, oh, I recycle religiously. I recycle all my plastic. And that I, I can definitely see that that's coming from really good intentions. But the Well, and I applaud people that, for taking a step. Yeah, right, because they want to do the right thing and they're trying to do the right thing. But the truth is that pr- that plastic recycling is problematic. And First of all, most of the plastic recycling from North America is shipped to China um, where conditions where the recycling is happening um, are not so very environmentally friendly. I mean, there was actually an expose done on a town in China that had basically become a toxic waste dump for the West's 
plastic recycling and you had people in the town melting down the plastic and not wearing any protective gear and the the air was full of the fumes and the water was polluted and children were crawling through piles of plastic and this is what we're doing to be environmentally friendly you know and so that's a problem and then the other problem is that plastic can only be recycled so many times and it doesn't actually get recycled it gets downcycled into secondary products you know like a bottle will get recycled into polar fleece or carpet or something like that. And then those things don't get further recycled. So eventually, like you were saying before, how the plastic breaks down into smaller and smaller pieces, but you still have all these molecules of plastic. That's what happens to to, um, plastic that can't be recycled anymore. You know, it'll break down, it'll break apart, but the plastic is still there. Plastic is forever almost. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So plastic recycling is necessary for the plastic that we still have. I mean, we need to do something with it, and I suppose it's best to to make it into something rather than to throw it away. But even better is to reduce the amount of plastic that we're using and producing in the first place. Now, so I've seen it, it make some of these weatherproof lumber-looking things that they can make decks and, and uh, park yeah. furniture out of. That'd be great if we just take all the plastic and make picnic tables so that we can all have picnics and then <laughs> and then quit it with the making more of it. But Yeah. Well, you know what? Picnics picnics are great and picnic tables are great, but they're uh, I'm not trying to be Debbie Downer, but um first of all, those things don't get recycled further. So they usually just end up in the landfill when they break and they do break eventually. Sure. Um and also, you have to wonder when those things are sitting out there in the hot sun, what chemicals are off-gassing from them into the atmosphere, into the air that we're breathing? Because all plastics contain a plethora of various additives. And unfortunately, we're not allowed to know what those additives are because companies aren't required to disclose what they add to their plastics. Because it's a trade secret, I'm sure. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Exactly the reason. So so again it comes down to purchasing power and you know when it gives, it goes back to the individual and the individual choices and the the demand really and the power being in in the hands of the the consumer right you know cuz there's a certain responsibility um that not everybody is aware that they have but to be a consumer is a responsibility. You have a responsibility as a consumer to choose what you're going to purchase because when you decide that a product is something that you like, the company will continue to produce it. But if you stop buying certain products, um, you know, I hate to break it to the big corporations, but they go out of they, they go quit. out of business just they like everybody else. They they have to quit making it and they have to change their their way of doing things or they, they go out of business. Anybody seen a eight track tape manufacturer lately? <laughs> or Betamax, right? Right. So <laughs> it, it there is this almost ignored un, unperceived power that people have that you we we say it often around here, you vote with every dollar you spend. That's right. Or don't spend. And and they will not. I I assure you, they will quit making the plastic if people quit buying it. Right. Because they're 
Well, whatever you think about people that are in business or corporate management, they're not just totally daft. And if they're looking at a warehouse full of stuff they can't sell to anybody, they'll quit ordering more. It just is the not, way it works. They're not all evil either. That's the thing, you know. I mean, there's corporations out there who are probably just waiting for the public to go, no, we demand more sustainable products so that they can jump on that bandwagon and not lose their shirt. Yeah, I have an example. Um, when I first started doing this project, um, I I didn't understand about recycling and downcycling and all that kind of stuff. Um, I just thought that everything should be able to be recycled. And so when it came to, I was using a Brita water filter cartridge to filter my water. And when it came time to change my Brita filter, uh, I went online to figure out how it could be recycled. And I discovered that in Germany, the Brita company had actually created its own facility for recycling Brita filters. And consumers could take their filters back to the store where they bought them and put them in a bin, and they would be returned to Brita, and Brita would take them apart and recycle them. And I learned that in the United States, Brita had been purchased by the Clorox company, and Clorox had not created any way to recycle the filters. So I wrote to them. I was I was writing to everybody at that time, and I still write a lot of letters, because you never know what effect you can have. And so I wrote to them, and I said, well, hey, if they can do it in Germany, why can't they do it here? And they wrote back to me. They actually had a form letter, which kind of tells you that they had gotten this question before. And they said um, they can do it in Germany because community municipal facilities are set up for it, but it's not. they're not set up for it here. And I knew that that wasn't true because in Germany they weren't relying on community recycling programs. They were doing it themselves. And so I blogged about it, and I said, why doesn't Brita come up with their own recycling scheme here in North America? And I got a lot, a lot of support on my blog from other readers. And then I also discovered that people were coming to my blog. They were Googling and they were finding my blog because they were looking for ways to recycle their Brita filters. filters. Yeah. Yeah, and they were stumbling on my blog. And so I decided that this would be a good campaign because it had a lot of support. So I created a petition and a website, and I actually went down the street and opened up a post office box and asked people to send me their used Brita filters because Clorox is in Oakland, California, just down the street from me. And so I envisioned delivering all these filters to them and saying, hey, why don't you recycle these? And a few days after our campaign started, I got a call from the brand manager at Brita, and he said, um, I just want to let you know, we have looked into recycling the filters, but we've also done focus groups, and we've found that people just aren't interested enough, and they wouldn't be willing to pay more for a recyclable filter, so we just don't think that there's enough demand for it. And it almost seemed like, like what you're saying, that they wanted that demand, like they wanted to be able to show their shareholders that this would help increase their sales. And so I never felt like I was against Brita the whole time, and this took eight months. I always felt like we were helping them, you know. We were helping them see what their customers wanted, and we were helping them do better. And I always felt like they wanted us to help them do better, you know. And actually within eight months, I got another call from the brand manager, and he said, we have teamed up with Whole Foods and also Preserve, which is a company that makes recycled plastic toothbrushes. And people can take their Brita filter.
filters back to Whole Foods, or they can mail them directly to Preserve, and Preserve will recycle them because it's the same type of plastic that they are recycling anyway. And they're doing it in the United States, not in China right. or some other country. And so that was a real, that, that felt so good that they listened to us. And towards the end of the campaign, people writing letters were actually getting signed letters back from the CEO of Clorox personal. And um, initially, we were just getting these form letters. And so it just felt really, really good that we had a voice and we used it and they listened. And that's and, just people really listen to this story. I'm going to yeah. cut this story out and make a video out of it because... Yeah, absolutely. This is what can absolutely. happen when you try to work with people. I mean, you say, well, the, the, we the people are going to get together. Well, who do you think's inside that big building? Well, that, right. that's more the thing, you we know? the people. It's always, and but they, but they, but we, they, but they. Well, there is no they. Gene has right. this favorite thing to say that given equal opportunity, <laughs> people will generally make the right Always more sustainable, right choice. I hate to say right and wrong, but you know, uh, but that but there's education, and then there's you know recognition of hey, we're here, we'll pay for this. Um, I remember when I was working in that office building as a real estate agent, uh, Hewlett Packard, of all people. But to make gazillion laser toner cartridges. Started yeah. a program. They said, okay, yeah, you're right. These laser cartridges are a problem. So every one you buy, not the. If you get them recycled by your own local toner fill in place, that's great too. But uh, every one you buy that's a brand new HP, there's a UPS sticker in there. All you got to right. do. Take your old one out. You just took it out of the printer. Your old, your new one's sitting right there with the box. You put the old right. one back in the box. You tape it shut. You stick the label on it. It's free. And right. people in that office building did. They looked at me like I had three heads. What am I uh. doing with this Hewlett Packard box? That And it won't fit in the UPS drop thing, so you got to leave it on top. And so sometimes <laughs> the building cleaning people grab it and throw it away. Oh, no. It's just like uh. people. They're... It's How much easier could they make it for you? <laughs> yeah, you gotta, okay, you got to put it in the box, you know, <laughs> yeah. and walk the box to the drop. But particularly business uh, consumers, which I was at the time. I don't hardly consume toner, you know, when yeah. I'm not in business. There's right. a UPS drop box in the building. You didn't even have to go outside. <laughs> They're conditioned. You just go up, you know. <laughs> I they wow. started on my soapbox, but Holy crap. <laughs> take a look around. Be a little less unconscious. Be yeah. conscious about the plastic in your life. And you may notice that in some cases there is a good option of something to do with it. And if not, that there's a great option that's not plastic. Right. Um Right. And so in my book I have I have all kinds of solutions for options that are plastic free and then options that are less plastic and also a lot of recycling options for what to do with plastics that you end up with. And some of them are non traditional. You know, there's a lot a lot more that people can do besides sticking something in their recycle bin. Because what goes in a lot of first off, 
what's really important is for people to check with their city and find out what's supposed to go in that bin to begin with because I, I find that a lot of people tend to just throw all the plastic in there. And anything that's not recycled is going to go to the landfill. And recycling is a business. If they can't sell it, it's it's not going to get recycled. So that's important. And then And then it's also important to find alternative places to recycle things. Like there are a couple of places that take back bottle caps to recycle in various ways. Um, the HP toner, like you just mentioned, I, I list that one in my book. Um, there's a company called Feel Goods, which makes um, natural rubber flip-flops, but they will take back people's plastic flip-flops, and they send them to this program in Africa where the people take old flip-flops and make them into art works of art. So there's just all kinds of interesting things that can be done when you still have plastic. And what I love about the flip-flop thing is that here's a company that's not even making flip-flops, and yet they're making plastic flip-flops. You know, they're making natural compostable rubber flip-flops, and yet they still want to help people deal with the plastic flip-flops that they still have. So so as she said um, just a moment ago, how much easier can they make it for you? Here's this brilliant... Um, woman who has done all the work for you guys all you got to do is look at the book so (laughs) I think we need to um, take another quick break and we're going to play a song that you're really going to love because it's it's our way of saying you know we love you mom and um, when we get back I'd love for you to tell us how they can find the book how they can find your blog how they can get involved with this because this sounds like a book that I would love personally to get my hands on and I'm great and I'm very picky I've put up a link for Being an author and all for the book in the chat room that is not you know we often send people to Amazon because like a lot of bloggers we have associates there but uh here's a link right now in the chat room folks to buygreen.com they will see that you get the book without any plastic around it mm-hmm. of course you could go to Amazon and and download it for your Kindle and except for right. the plastic of your Kindle there's not even any paper involved so that's right. That's uh, another good option. So that's a that's a great option. So we'll put but we'll have those links also on the archive afterwards. And uh I heard your description, Jean. So that has to be Earth Prayer by our dear friend Ina B. Absolutely. And uh It's the perfect show for it. I'm oh. But it always is. You say that every show. Because it's, about. it's the perfect song. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> And it's a wonderful project, too, Earth Prayer. You buy a download of the song, and the money goes to some wonderful environmental projects. So uh, go check that out. I'll put her link in the uh, chat room. We'll be back in uh, about five minutes. Stay with us, folks. Everybody has a story, a moment in their life that was a turning point to set them upon a path of self-discovery and adventure. Here at Everyday Connection, we value the sharing of those moments, recognizing them to be the inspiring and uplifting gifts that they truly are. We would like to show our appreciation, not just to our guests and sponsors, but to our listeners and supporters who make it possible for us to share those stories. If you would like to support the continued success of Everyday Connection, share your own story, or know somebody whose story can touch the hearts of others, Drop by everydayconnection.me and find out how you can become a part of our ever-expanding EC family.
there. Button. Hi, we're back. Yay. That one always gets me. I've got to remember that that song is actually about four seconds longer, uh, shorter than the timer thing. (laughs) Or re-edit it or do something, because I'm watching them like, okay, five seconds to go, and then the song stops. I'm like, ah. (laughs) Blog button doesn't move that fast. You can click that microphone all you want. It just takes a while. (laughs) Anyway, welcome back, folks. Technology is awesome when it works. Yeah. So, back. My love, how can our listeners find you and that lovely smile of yours in this book? Because I'd like to read the book. (laughs) Well, they can visit my blog, which is myplasticfreelife.com. And uh, there's a, if you click the menu link that says book, you can find all the different ways to order the book. Um, And as you mentioned before the break, I have organized with a company called buygreen.com to sell the book and without any plastic um, shipping materials because I don't have control over how Amazon or Barnes & Noble or any of those other places might ship the book. So if you order it through Buy Green, it won't come with any plastic. You can also, if you'd like a signed copy, you can order one signed copy directly from me, and I obviously won't ship it to you with plastic, and there's a link on the page for that as well. And, of course, you can ask for it in your local bookstore as well. Um, It's available through all the regular distribution channels wherever bookstores get their books, so if they don't have it on the shelf, they can order it for you. And that's myplasticfreelife.com. And you can also look for My Plastic Free Life on Facebook. Absolutely. And we've got links there in the chat room for folks. And they will be on our archive that will be up uh, sometime later tonight. Within an hour or two, usually. Cool. Indeed. Once in a blue moon the next morning. But usually within an hour or two. <laughs> And can I do one more little pitch here? Yes, you, you absolutely can. <laughs> so another thing that I, I encourage people to do is to try taking the the plastic challenge for at least a week. Some people do it for longer. And that is to um, collect your plastic waste for at least a week. And at the end of the week, take a picture of it and tally it up and post it on my blog. There's a link called Take the Challenge, where you can go to myplasticfreelife.com slash showyourplastic. And there are a bunch of um, questions that you fill out to figure out what kinds of things you think are really necessary, what kinds of things you could maybe find an alternative for, what kinds of things, um, what, what things you're willing to change, or what one thing you're willing to change this week. And it's really just a good way to get a grasp on what your personal plastic footprint is. There's no judgment or guilt involved in this at all, and it's not a contest in any way. It's really for your own educational purposes, because people ask me all the time, what should their first step be? And it's not a one-size-fits-all answer. You know, what's easy for me might not be as easy for you, and there might be something else that's easier for you to start with. So just getting a good look at what kind of plastic you're going through in a week um, is a good way to get started if you're if you're willing to to collect your plastic in a bag. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm sure there's a nice plastic bag somewhere in your house you can use to collect all the plastic. <laughs> yeah. 
But it is, it, it's true. It's something we talk about often on Everyday Connection is there's, there's just things in life that we're unconscious about. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't mean you're asleep when you do it. I mean, you just don't think about it. Right. And it doesn't occur to you that there's another alternative. And there's a lot of, you know, sort of paradoxes that I see. And, and many of them I participated in. I've only recently, uh, started filtering water instead of buying it in plastic bottles. Mm. And I can't tell you how many people in the in the spirituality movement, the new age movement, the you know, I'm becoming myself movement. Okay, they don't want to drink the tap water. I'm with you. But uh, I got to thinking about it. I drink a lot of water. I drink, mm-hmm. you know, three liters a day most days. And that's a lot of plastic bottles if you're buying it a half liter at a time. Yeah. And that's like the Americans I witnessed when I was, uh, before my health deal, when I used to go to a gym. Mm -hmm. I used to watch people wait 10 minutes in their car to get a close parking place so they could go inside to get on a treadmill and pretend to walk. (laughs) Like, just walk. Go outside. There's trees and things out there. They're not going to bite you. It's okay. Go outside, people. You know, on the the tap water issue, um, almost every single house, in the country has a kettle and if you don't have kettle you have pot mm-hmm. and you know if, if you if you're concerned about your tap water it doesn't take a lot to boil your water and pour it into glass bottles mm-hmm. it really doesn't and glass bottles kids are so easy to find I mean you can get you you like juice good go buy a glass bottle of juice V8 is mm-hmm. great for that. They sell their juice in glass bottles for the most part. So you go and you buy a glass bottle, you drink the juice, and then you keep the bottle. And then boil your water. There's this magical your... thing called washing, people. And yeah. Wash <laughs> yeah. So boil the water and stick it in the glass bottle and let it cool. And then you've always got clean, safe water to drink and it's really yeah, odd to think that we talk about that in in western society where we're like you know my tap water might not be safe for me to drink we're boiling our water out of taps there's worse way worse situations in the world yeah this is the united states the place they used to talk about you have clean water in every community there's a little sign when you're pulling in right you know yeah. municipal and, you supply know, is superior by somebody it is a good idea for people to test their water and see what contaminants might be in it to begin with. And I have some information in my book also about how to get your water tested and then also how to choose a water filter if, if that's what you need. And there are so there are a couple water filters that are recyclable now, but if 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 that's not what you need, if all you want to do is get the chlorine out, then you don't even have to boil it. You can just leave it out on the counter yeah. and yeah. let it eat. Because the chlorine will evaporate. Yeah. In a typical, you know, household glass, you can pour it up, you know, wait just a moment, get you a teaspoon, stir it kind of briskly. You'll get rid of almost all of the chlorine. Yeah. And uh, uh, I, I don't, I live in an apartment complex now, but when I had my house, we had a small little water supply for the area because it wasn't inside the city. And uh, it was deep well water, and uh, it was really quite delightful, right straight out of the tap. Mm. And but you know, there, and there are some municipal supplies that are 
that are just fine. But I got to tell you that the majority of brands of water on the shelf in my grocery store are nothing more. Just read the bottle and it'll say source municipal water supply, Houston, Texas. Right. Or wherever exactly. you live. And plus plastic. Plus whatever yeah, the pl- I, I whatever chemicals say, are in the plastic. <laughs> I was just going to say you're worried about the chemicals that you're getting in the tap water. Right. So, so you they, go and buy bottled water that has changed temperature how many different times? Not to pick on anybody. And no, no. I'll, I, I'll edit this out if the company doesn't like it. But Dasani not, Water, go ahead. It's not just it's just not something people think about. You know no, what I mean? Like it, they don't they don't think about the plastics leaking the the chemicals leaking from the plastic into their water. They don't think about that until somebody mentions it and then they go, "Hmm." Hmm. Fascinating. Right. You know, cuz they filter the chlorine out of the city water in their plant and then they put it in a plastic bottle where it gets esters and all kinds of interesting things. Yeah. That are way worse than the chlorine that was in the tap water to start with. Not yeah. to mention the added salt in certain bottled waters. I'm going to throw that in for people who are salt sensitive. Yes. Yeah. Waters that have been, quote, remineralized for taste. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they put salt in it because we like salt. And salt and makes you species. thirsty. Mm-hmm. Drink another bottle. Good point. Drink more water. So, you know, and, and, and here in the States, we still have the BPA issue. You know, right. we're going to get my food in tin cans then. Yeah, but it's lined with plastic. <laughs> <laughs> and it happens to be a plastic that can cause your estrogen levels to rise, which, right. yeah, you know, should be alarming enough for all of my male friends. <laughs> it should uh, be. And so, um, so much to consider, really. I think it comes down to educating yourself and being aware um, and not educating to your, yourself to the point where you're, panic-stricken and thinking, well, there's nothing I can do, but going to um, a site like Best that's going to offer you solutions along with some of the concerns. Right. Yeah, because if, if you keep your eyes, you got to see the concerns to know you want to make a choice. But then right. keep your eyes on the positive solutions. Don't, don't let the fear get you. The fear's the boogeyman under the bed. It doesn't exist. And awesome. Point. Just take tiny little steps. You know, you don't have to jump off the cliff. It's like our movie about sustainable living. Uh, Jean says it often. She wants to make sustainable sexy. (laughs) Well, you know, there's so many people that they really, somewhere they think that living sustainably means living in a teepee or a yurt. Although I've seen some really nice yurts. But but living in a teepee somewhere in the middle of nowhere with, with no conveniences or anything. And, you know. These people live sustainably, but they still have an oven and disposal and sink and Absolutely. iPads, you know. Come on. Mm-hmm. How how would we talk to them on a radio show if they didn't have Skype? <laughs> and headphones. Okay, well, it's that time, and as much as we could probably go on about this forever, because it's a fascinating, fascinating subject um, and an equally fascinating guest, I think it's time to let our listeners go. Yes, indeed. We have six minutes beyond time. <laughs> thank you so much for inviting me onto your show. It's really fun talking to you guys. Well, thanks for coming and playing in a virtual sandbox. We really enjoyed your company tonight, and um, and just thanks for being in the chat room. Saying thank you so much for the information, and um, going to buy her book via my Kindle. So Yay. that's always good to hear. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, 
other ones thinking about, you know, going to use less. So yeah. we're on. Absolutely. So right, speaking thanks. of on, what are we on to this week? What are we on to this week? Oh, well, yeah. see, Thursday, ladies and gentlemen, would be Jean's birthday. Oh. So it's Jean's birthday. Other <laughs> than that, I I can't really tell you. Well, I could tell you, but then I'd have to kill you. So because <laughs> it's a secret. Mm. She did birthday show. She did devilishly torturous things to me on my birthday that were joyful from beginning to end. So I've got a hard act to follow, Um, but I'm working on it. Uh So I guess that's that's where I need that 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 thing. Okay, so uh, everybody come join us Thursday. It's going to be a tremendous fun party. And until then. Stay connected. Good night, everybody. We hope you'll join us again next time. Until then, visit our website at everydayconnection.me. And please like our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash everydayconnection. Think you might miss an episode? No problem. Subscribe to our show on iTunes by searching for Everyday Connection Radio. Subscriptions are free, just like your everyday connection. question of your life the only question before that question how do you find the perfect ring to ask it with with the incredible selection of diamonds at jared and our price match guarantee you can dare to stop searching and find the perfect diamond at a price you'll love visit your local jared store today and dare to be devoted we promise to match any price on a like loose certified diamond of the same quality from any other jewelry retailer see jared.com slash price match for details So you're ready to ask the biggest question of your life, the only question before that question. How do you find the perfect ring to ask it with? With the incredible selection of diamonds at Jared and our price match guarantee, you can dare to stop searching and find the perfect diamond at a price you'll love. Visit your local Jared store today and dare to be devoted. We promise to match any price on a like loose certified diamond of the same quality from any other jewelry retailer. See jared.com slash price match for details.